Episode 6 and our final R&B teddy bear is Luther Vandross. Welcome to another edition of Something Came From Baltimore, and I'm your host, Tom Gallagher, and tonight we are on our sixth and final episode of the R&B Teddy Bears. The Teddy Bears are amazing and talented soul singers who connect emotionally to the women, but the guys like them also. We spent a year just interviewing talented musicians to get their opinion on these artists. The R&B Teddy Bears are Gerald Levert, Marvin Gaye, Isaac Hayes, Barry White, Teddy Pendergrass, and Luther. Tonight, our musicians are talking about the R&B teddy bear, Luther Vandross. The voice of Luther Vandross was a superstar before he ever recorded an album. Advertising jingles, working with Bette Midler, Niles Rogers, and Chic Change, Roberta Flack, Peebo Bryson, and he basically dominated the David Bowie's 1975 Young American album. His first solo album, Never Too Much, came out in 1982, and the rest is history. Listen to the following artist chat about Luther. Blues singer Kelly Bell from the Kelly Bell Band. Jazz vocalist Ed Turner. Genre-busting singer-songwriter Darnell Miller. Blues singer and musician Vanessa Collier. Jazz pianist Lafayette Gilchrist. And the funk master Duke Benjamin. I'm so excited about this project. I really am, and I hate to see it go. This is our last episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the R&B teddy bears, the icon, Luther Vandross. Oh, my God. Just vocal perfection. Nuances. You know what I mean? When you think about, you know, think about all those great sessions in the past, Sister Sledge, Sheik, you know, um, Jump To It by Aretha Franklin. Like, he had a sound. You know what I'm saying? He knew how to record vocals. I think he was one of the first real, like, I mean, of course there were more that came before him, but like, as an artist who was like a vocal arranger, he was one of the first, man. Like, he, 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 he got up uh, all in those uh, Now Roger sessions and did his thing, you know. He never had an album, but everyone knew who he was just by his sound of his voice. Exactly, yeah, about, you, those, you, about yeah. those vocals. I saw Luther and the, um, God, who was he touring with? Um, Anita Baker. Mm-hmm. I saw they, they did a, a tour together where was, they were in the theater and around, but it was an arena tour. And man, I got to tell you, it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And I saw that one tour three times. And Luther just, I mean, he just, I, you know, I'd always, you know, known some of his music, known a lot of his music, but I wasn't necessarily in love with his music because there was just, chicks was just so over the top about Luther mm-hmm. that, you know, sometimes when you're a dude, you're like, man, it was like listening to, you know, chicks go on about poison, you know, in, in the 80s. It was like, I can't even like Poison just because all the chicks like them, you know? Yeah. I got to find find a reason to hate these guys. So, you know, that's how I kind of felt about Luther Vandross at first, but, you know, you just can't help it. You know, he's he's got the soul, he's got all the rhythm, he's the note choices, the harmony that he does to himself at times. 
and you know he's just amazing he was just amazing I, I, I think I think Aretha Franklin was the greatest singer of all time but I think Luther Vandross and Pavarotti are probably in a tie for a second but I mean it's like a house is not a home those are, then come to find out those songs were produced years and years and years were written and recorded years and years and years and years and years, and years ago but I mean when he did those songs I had never heard him before. I was like, dang, this man is killing this. He, mm-hmm. You know, this is some good stuff. And then when I got older and, you know, started getting more into the jazz and, the, uh, you know, listening to the standards and stuff, that's when I realized, you know, Luther didn't write this. You know, the Carpenters and everybody else and their mom and daddy sung the song and recorded it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just the way, like I said, you know, uh, all these artists we're going over. You know, you got also you got Lisa Fisher in the background. You got uh, oh, yeah. Marcus Miller playing bass. You got yeah. uh, Cannibal Adderley's son like uh, doing production. Uh, it's, you got, I mean, and the, the the women that, you know, the folks that were in change with him. Yeah. You know, I mean, you listen to him like, I mean, listen to that old David Bowie, you know, stuff with Love it. Luther's with Luther singing background and Stevie Ray Vaughan playing guitar. And I'm like, just forget, man. <laughs> forget. You're talking about one genius that had that found two other geniuses, you know. And now all of them are held in unbelievable esteem, you know. I would have to say uh, Superstar probably even though it's not his song you know he wasn't the first one to do it but he, he you know quite like uh, Love Don't Mean a Thing you know I mean he just um, I mean Love Won't Let Me Wait sorry uh, he, you know he, he, he makes a song his own at least he did you know <laughs> he made a song his own and, and uh, you kind of forget where it came from Yeah. you know even though the original versions were fantastic too but Luther just you know, B.B. King used to say of Bobby Blue Bland, who is my, my idol and, and I think the greatest blues singer of all time, he used to say, Bobby Bland sings the song the way it's supposed to be sung. And I think that other people in other genres, especially rhythm and blues, would have to say that about Luther Vandross. I mean, vocally, you know, even when, like, music started, even when, like, the, the, 
the evolution of R&B singers, it, it always goes up and down. So even in that time when it became like the thing to do a lot of vocal runs and everything like that, like Luther, like he just, he serviced, to me, he serviced the song. It was all about the song. It wasn't about the vocal acrobatics. It was about servicing the song, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think that like his nuances, his subtleties are so great. And I mean, if it wasn't for Luther, we probably, I mean, we would have heard of Tawatha A.G., but, you know, we would have never heard of Luther Fisher. You know what I mean? I mean, like, he just, and he knew talent, you know. And then, and then, you know, that whole thing about being a perfectionist. And, you know, some of the stories, like, I would hear about just how he was. He was relentless. You know, so relentless. He wanted that show right. Wardrobe, everything. You know. And how he had two sets of singers. So he had the singers that would follow him on the stage and do all the choreography. And then he had the singers that would be in the pit. <laughs> now, Luther definitely is at the top of the list. But he had more flavor, flair, and creativity. I think Luther was able to wrap himself around some really great people. The, the yes, uh, Ava, Ava Cherry and Lisa Fisher and um, Sissy Houston in the background. And you got Marcus Miller as producer and Nat Adley Jr. Um, you know, producing mm -hmm. all that stuff. And um, they were uh, they were creating something that just wasn't really happening in R&B music in the 80s and the 90s. It was just really thick and lush and and uh luther you know would just go do the runs up and down each song and take his time and You know, my favorite song of Luther um, is um, If Only For One Night. Yeah, that, that something about the key, uh, the, the tempo, but just the texture of his voice and that, that song. And uh, that, that song I always, uh, for some reason in college, I play that song over and over again. There was a compilation called Always and Forever, which I believe came out in 19, oh, yes. 1990. Him doing remakes of other artists. He remixed it, exactly. Yeah, yes. and, and that was like the best. Every song, uh, You Got Me Going in Circles, uh, Creep, uh, I Who Have Nothing, uh, Knock Me Off My Feet. Uh, it just goes on and on. Uh, that, to me, is... Um, if, if you could do a greatest hits album, not all that those were singles, but he just killed every single version of, of, of the remakes. And you could tell that he just was a fan of music and he appreciated the originals. And uh, like he, he just 
sound like a super fan to me. Like he was so excited to put his Luther spin on all these songs. My favorite album of his is Never Too Much, his somewhat debut, the one that came out in 1981. I, I think it's great. Um, love Luther Vandross, man. Again, that was an omnipresent thing, you know. Um, every time I think of Luther Vandross, I think of that first thing that hit the radio. Never too much, never too much. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, everybody was into that. That was a that was a monster hit, man. That was and and, and his voice, his delivery, his timing. Luther was, you know, he was he was everything, man. The, the first time he the first time he hit, he hit. The first time, uh, you know, he came out with his own project, he hit hard. Uh, Luther, I love. So um, I, of course, I think he passed when I was. In middle school or high school, I can't. I said I was thinking it was anyway. It was like 2006, right? Right around there, yeah. I think you're right. Okay, yeah. So I think I had just started high school, something like that. Anyway, and um, you know, I, I I didn't grow up with him necessarily. I did, but I didn't know that I knew his music. You know, he wasn't a name that was necessarily thrown around. But um, I went to college and listened to a lot and and got caught by some of his records but in particular like never too much the vocal his vocals on that like oh my gosh they still give me goosebumps that like that part you know it's, it was like oh my gosh he just knows how to play with with the lyrics and how he's like a vocal expert in my head because he knows how to like and even like that 20 feet from stardom I think his background vocals talk about this like where they'd, he would instruct them to do, okay, that's great, tone, pitch, all that, yeah, but do it more airy, do it more breathy, do it more this way, you know? Where he was going for a sonic idea. He was going for, like, no, this this feeling, and this is how you get here. And, you know, he was the first person for me to make me think about that. Like, as being a part of the background vocals, for sure, but even the lead vocal as well. It's like, oh, okay, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I love about Bonnie Raitt. That's what I love about this because she's going lighter in those moments where you think they're going to go powerful. It's like this, you know, just catches your ear way, way easier, way quicker. Um, and just, yeah, your emotions just get caught up for a second, you know, <laughs> get caught in your throat. Um, so he's been one I continue to listen to for the grooves, for the, for his vocal tone and control and expression. Like he's, yeah, he's he's one of my favorites for sure. On um, my so my album is never too much. I'm, I I I just I love the sound of it. I love that. Um, first of all, like there's not too many albums where I love like almost every song, you know. And most of those albums are like from '85 and below. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but this is one of those albums where I love almost every song on it. I love. I'm into sound, so I love how warm the drums and the bass sound on this record. I love it. I love, um, you know, I love all of these wonderful vocal arrangements. Like, I love, you know, I love sonically how this album sounds, you know, um, how it was produced. I love all these arrangements. You can tell 
at this point, it was like, I've done enough with change. I've done enough with this, with this, with this session. I'm putting all of that now into this project. He was with, he, between him and Doc Powell, who I have had conversations with on and off, um, they really, they, they played on those Luther records, man. And, um, yeah, Paul Jackson Jr. is the standard session guy. You know what I mean? He's the standard. I mean, Paul Jackson Jr. played on, like, Amy Grant records. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's everywhere. Like, Paul Jackson is the standard, you know, which is, like, if you want to learn, there's a couple of albums I use to, like, learn stuff. And Never Too Much is one of those records, like, guitar-wise. And even, even like, on Never Too Much, like, that guitar lick in between the verses is not even consistent. It just feels good. I speak to myself sometimes And I say, oh my In a lot of ways you're a lucky guy Like, okay, which is it gonna be? Big Luther or the Little Luther? Yeah. We like the Big Luther better. Yeah, and everyone said, <laughs> uh, everyone likes Big Luther. And, and and when he was little, or, you know, uh, you know, he just, he looked, he didn't look right. We just didn't know him. Yet. No, he didn't look right. He wanted, yeah, you know, and people would tell him, like, listen, we don't care what you look like. You know what I'm saying? And that's the mark of true talent. But that was just something that he, you know, wanted to, he, you know, he just couldn't get over. You know what I mean? I feel sorry for him because people questioned his sexuality. As good as the songs were, and... It's all about love, whether you're straight, gay, or an Eskimo. The songs are about love. But at the same time, any human being will wonder, you know, about him. So um, the night he, they announced that he died, um, I cried because I felt his pain. I'll say I cried because I understood him. I understood him. And um, that's, I, I can't get more um, rooted than that. I understood him. That's what made that, that, that. So I cried when he, the night I found out that he passed. And I cried because I understood his pain on um, diabetes and, um, and eating lifestyle. Um, I watched him gain and lose weight and I felt I feel that pain now because I understand what he went through. It's just that just don't say it. But everyone knew. Just like with Luther, everyone knew. Yeah. Everyone knew. And it was not, not even a big deal. I think Luther's approach, Luther's philosophy ultimately was, you know, you're here for my music. You're here to see me perform. And I think um, Latifah takes the same approach, in a sense. So whatever you see pictures of, whatever you hear, that, that doesn't, that's none of your business. I'm, you're here to see me perform. Or you're here to, you know, with James Cleveland, it was just everyone knew and no one really cared. I'll be honest. I read an autobiography of him which mentioned nothing about his sexuality, which I thought was weird. It mentioned that, you know, he worked with Roberta Flack, who I didn't know had a lot of tantrums at the beginning, and then it was Bette Midler. And supposedly she had a lot of tantrums. 
I can see that. And then he, they felt that he was, he said, oh, this is how you do perfection is, is being difficult and being, you know, demanding. And, and, uh, uh-huh. and that's where they felt that he um, created that. And now I look at him as a tortured artist. Anyone who had a heart, uh, that song was done so well, people tend to forget that that song was originally done by Dion Warren. Anyone who had a heart would take me in her arms and love me too. You, you couldn't really have a heart and hurt me like you hurt me and be so so amazing yeah another song that makes me want to discover what that feels like wait a minute But the live version, man, that live version, I'm all about a show. So, first of all, it's a great song, you know. But then they do that whole thing where they're like, wait, and he looks at his he looks at his watch and they walk around and that's that like I was I every I mean I watch that clip for inspiration all the time. I'm like, man, I love this song and him doing it live just made it way way better and i thought no one could ever make me feel this way there's nothing better than love i'm all over the place with my luther ones because i first of all who says that they're going to do a song with gregory hines who says that and it's a great song right you know i think you know gregory hines was a hell of a uh, uh, artist, you know, dancer, actor, singer, the whole nine. And you rarely ever see, like, two males doing a duet. You know, and I thought, I, I always think that's interesting. And I love the song. Luther's, Luther's, I just love singing those type of songs. Like, the chord changes, the, I love the music. And um, my last one is uh, Can I Take You Out? I really like that song. I, when I heard that song, I was like, yo. And then I was like, this is Luther trying to be a cat dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, excuse me, this. And it's still, but it, and if you listen to it, it's still a well-written song. You know? Well-written song, and it was so well written that Jay Z decided to like, you know, use a little bit of, you know. But it's a it's a really good song that I could have done without the video. But I love, but you know, to some people that video is iconic with Garcelle Bouvier and all that. 
Um, the songs that I picked for him is uh, from the first album is Don't You Know That, which is the second single. Without a doubt, you are my sweetest inspiration. Don't you know that? Don't you know that? Luther, to me, not only was he had great ballads, great chord changes, but Luther, like, I'm, a, I'm a really a boogie funk fan. And Luther is so connected to the boogie funk world. I mean, with Glow of Love, I mean, you know, it changed. Like, he has a lot of great boogie tunes that I, I really couldn't pick this one, but the one that had the hardest groove for me which are the sweetest one. I like the way it starts off, like, fall slow, like you get ready to do a ballad, and the next thing you know, like, that groove kicks in, and that groove is relentless, and those vocals, but it's like a smooth boogie. It's not, like, hard, like, it's not like a Larry, I mean, it's not like a, um, it's not like a Shalimar Leon Silver's Night to Remember, but it's a smooth boogie, you know what I mean? You know, that, so that's actually at the top of my list. My favorite album from Luther Vandross is The Night I Fell in Love. Um, another um, non-skippable album. Uh, you press play and walk away. And I think that album was Luther Vandross and Marcus Miller's chemistry at its best. Um, if only for one night in Creep. <laughs> Need I say more? Need I say more? songs from Luther Vandross is number one um, Make Me a Believer which which it makes me feel emotional um, it makes me wonder if there's anybody out there that will prove me wrong in a good way And that's another song that made me feel sorry for him because it seems like you felt his pain when he sang it. He didn't scream, he didn't roll all on the floor, or nothing like that. But you just you you he 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 dove into that song like a swimming pool and just swam all through the pool. If that makes any sense. Um, just awesome song. Another one is Little Miracles, uh, Happen Every Day. And I just, um, it's just a really oddball song. I, I, 
it really caught my imagination. And it was when Luther was kind of on the downswing, where his wasn't really hitting top forty, but um, the song just kind of just kind of stood out. Uh, oh yeah, he was like the national jingle guy. I, I didn't know about Peebo, but I know he did Ben Midler. I knew he started out with uh, Roberta Flack. Uh, he did a he did a great album uh, with David Bowie called Young Americans, and uh, he wrote some of those songs. He's just he was a star ready to break out. I, I believe it was just meant to be. It's just a matter of time. He was just. A, oh yeah, well he definitely broke out and some. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the final episode of the R&B Teddy Bears. I'm your host, Tom Gaffer, and you're listening to Something Came From Baltimore. Please go on to Facebook and follow these guests, Kelly Bell, Ed Turner, Darnell Miller, Vanessa Collier, Lafayette Gilcrest, and the Funk Master, Duke Benjamin. This was such a pleasure to work on. Uh, it's going to all go away now. This completes the R&B Teddy Bear series. Let me know what you think. It's Something Came From Baltimore.